So, Curtis, in the ongoing saga that is your itch condition, Sid Rosenberg, the host of Sid and Friends in the Morning, he chimed in today. Johnny Tobacco says maybe it's because he's wearing the same hat for 40 years. You wash that hat. Right? I, thought, I thought he's my friend. No, I thought he's my rebel. You don't have any friends. You have two friends in your whole life. Two. Nancy and Sid. Everybody else, they're not your friends. But, Curtis, that's not true because I'd like to think I'm your friend. Curtis Lee with me, James Flippin, newsman extraordinaire, is your friend. If you were a friend... You would never have mentioned Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, <laughs> who stole with his cheating wife, Charlene, $1.5 billion. I was going to avoid talking about this until I walk in and I see a marquee, a huge marquee, 72-inch plasma big TV. Welcome, Bill de Blasio, to WABC. So now that you brought up his name and you brought Ajita to me, Nancy, what was the name of Thrive that Eric Adams repurposed and put in City Hall? What was the name of it? Mm, the Mayor's Office of Community Mental Health. The Mayor's Office of Community Mental Health. He repurposed a failed program, a program that stole $1.5 billion. I had asked you, James Flippin, reach out to City Hall and ask them pointed questions like, where's the money? Two and a half, excuse me, that's right, $250 million is in their budget now from what was Thrive, $300 million a year. What response did you get? So I contacted City Hall and I asked several questions about this new mental health initiative. One of them was that the numbers that I had were that the budget is down from $300 million down to $225 million. So I asked, is that correct? Is there a specific reason for that reduction in the budget amount? The response that I got was, can you please share where those budget numbers are coming from? Oh, so they want our sources, Nancy. They want to know who at City Hall is ratting them out to us. Could you believe this? They don't know how much they're spending. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they know, but you see, they want us to reveal who our sources. Uh, you can tell them I have six sources. Let them figure out what departments they're in. Six. Are you, who, who is this? A guy, a woman, or a transgender? What is it? Uh, the person that I'm speaking with, uh, I wouldn't know that based off the email address okay. and the All name. Right. Keep it very professional. You tell them you're supposed to tell us what the budget is. We're not supposed to be giving up any sources. And what the hell is Bill de Blasio doing in here at WABC? That crook. If I see him, I'm placing him under citizen's arrest. I'm taking the cuffs. Mrs. Lewa, I'm telling you, I'm going to place him under citizen's arrest. What the hell are the police going to do? I'm charging him with the theft of one and a half billion dollars of our money. Nancy, can we get him under control here? I mean, this is he like this at home? Do you have handcuffs on you? <laughs> Is that legal for him to place uh, the former mayor under a citizen's arrest like that? I mean, for a criminal action, yes. Tate, larceny, larceny. I mean, would that count? Lawyer, lawyer, Nancy. Yeah, stealing public (laughs) funds, that would count. Okay, so you give me the green light. If I see him, I'll place him under citizen's arrest? You can find handcuffs, yes. Uh, Don't worry about it. It's called my 24-inch pythons. I'll squeeze him so hard, all that dye will come out of his hair. What the hell is he doing here today? 
on a day that Joe Esposito passed away, do you know, as the head of uh, OEM, he fired Joe. He fight, He blamed Joe for a snowstorm. But I remember that. OEM have to do with a snowstorm. It was Kathy Garcia, his sanitation commissioner, who at the time didn't know what tertiary streets. I am so freaking angry. Get out of here, James Flippin. <laughs> oh, if I see if I see Bill de Blige, I'm telling you, you'll have to represent me because I'm going to be locked up. You better get a substitute. I will be placing Bill de Blasio under citizen's arrest. Mark my words. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority Sharks and Jets, right out of West Side Story. Gangs battling away on the old San Juan Hill that was bulldozed away by Robert Moses, the the uh, mega builder, who then made way for Lincoln Center. But back then you had white ethnic gangs battling the newly arrived Puerto Ricanos, American by birth and the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, and they had all kinds of battles. Great musical on Broadway, great movie, and the music provided by Leonard Bernstein, and you see they've got the movie about Leonard Bernstein uh, right now available to all, which uh, one day will go into that character because you talk about somebody who was freaky-deaky in so many ways, but... Obviously a genius in terms of what he did. That was Leonard Bernstein. But let's get right down to it. Why are we playing Jets and Sharks from West Side Story? 
because we now know what I've been saying regularly, uh, Nancy. Nancy, who once again, for the big deep dive on the Rip and Read, will join me every Tuesday and Thursday. We now know there are active gangs operating amongst the illegal aliens who are in some of the migrant shelters, especially the one on Randall's Island, where it has been reported that there are three cliques, the Venezuelans, the North Africans from the sub-Saharan countries of Mauritania, Mali, Senegal, the Sudan, and Chad, and the Haitians, and that they're going at it with one another. Uh, A Venezuelan was killed by three other Venezuelans in a dispute on the chow line in the cafeteria, the free food we give them every day, because apparently one Venezuelan was flirting with another Venezuelan's girlfriend and was a scene right out of West Side Story. So this is what Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, Nancy, had to say at his press conference yesterday. And by the way, I I want to thank Nancy because... You had to sit through how long of a press conference it was? Uh, it's usually about a little over an hour. So you had a lot of nonsense, and I appreciate the fact that you gave us the prime cuts. In addition to the metal detectors, yeah. uh, the New York City uh, Police Department and our team, uh, we're going to utilize visual technology. We're going to put cameras in many of the sites and locations. And uh, due to the quick response of the security team that's there, and NYPD, we were able to make at least one apprehension. One person is in custody. And as uh, Commissioner Isco stated, the still an investigation. But it's horrific, you know, to have someone come here to pursue the American dream and see it turn into a nightmare uh, to lose a life. It's, it's really unfortunate that we, this, we lost this young man. And we're going to continue to find those who are responsible. And they arrested two others today, two other Venezuelans. Want to bet? That they won't be deported by ICE, want to bet, because ICE will not be contacted because of the restriction imposed upon the city of New York's law enforcement and criminal justice system and the state of New York by both the governor and the mayor not to deal with ICE. Now, he said they're going to put metal detectors in. Nancy, regular shelters for Americans, our own homeless, some of them veterans, MICA shelters are for the emotionally disturbed. Can you give a, an idea of all the things that they have in place at these regular shelters? Well, they have um, hours of operation. So basically there's a curfew. Uh, you know, you'd have to be in by 10 p.m. And you'd have to be up and sort of out around 7 a.m., maybe like 8 a.m. Um, and then, you know, there's also for security purposes, you would have metal detectors and wands. And these would be things where you can check for, you know, any sort of weapons uh, you know, room searches potentially while the people are out just to make sure that they are complying. And, you know, <clears throat> general standards of care, like um, in terms of how you're acting when you're not within the facility itself. So, you know, like you still have to be not doing bad things when you're outside of the place and then just coming back. Yeah, and they got signage all over the place. You walk into a normal shelter. Apparently, Eric Adams does not visit the shelters that we spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to fund because he's too busy going to the Club Zero Bond till the break of dawn downtown or con a sofrito up in the Bronx. So now all of a sudden he's focused on security at all these migrant camps that have been set up, over 200. 
throughout the five boroughs of the city of New York. And he promises he's he's all about getting this together. I had a meeting this weekend uh, with our entire team uh, where we're doing a complete analysis of uh, the security, um, beefing up our training, uh, better coordination. We put in we put in place a few mobilization concepts so that we can shift uh, manpower when it's needed. We broke down our locations into a color-coded scheme, uh, red, green, yellow. <laughs> uh, green being that everything is stabilized. Red is where we may have some issues, and yellow is, is you know, sort of wavering. Wavering? This reminds me of when the uh, Homeland Security czar appointed by uh, Bush 43 at the time, Tom Ridge, the governor of Pennsylvania. Remember, had the color coordinations, like what kind of a threat assessment from al-Qaeda or terrorists there were. Mm-hmm. These are freaking encampments. You control it from the inside. You control it from the outside. How ridiculous. Color coordinate. Oh, today we're yellow. Today the tent is red. I mean, and and notice how it doesn't convey any information in terms of identifying which places are, you know, sort of having these issues or which ones are stabilized or even what they do once they had this information. So now he's actually going to impose rules and regulations of our regular shelter system on all the illegal aliens. Like signage. Wait till you hear the signs that he plans on putting up. We're going to be having a coordinated meeting with all of the security uh, personnel to bring them all together. Uh, we're putting signs at our location that's going to state the uh, code of conduct. Conduct. Uh, we're bringing clarity to the whole process. Uh, signs. So let's face it, the Venezuelans, they speak Spanish. They don't understand English. The Haitians, they speak Creole. They understand a little bit of French. The guys from North Africa, they speak Arabic and French. So now we're going to have to have signs up. Naturally, you got to have some signs in English. English, Spanish, French, Arabic, Creole. Five signs to indicate you don't bring drugs or alcohol in. You will be searched and understand don't go out into the neighborhoods, surrounding neighborhoods, and cause a problem. Well, And also because it it relates to the code of conduct, right? And this was sort of precipitated by the stabbing. So presumably within the code of contact is, you know, don't stab people, don't injure people, things of that nature. And Adams is in love with signs. He he thinks for some reason they're going to really change people's behavior, like his attempt to, uh, you know, stop people from using the guns. That's why he has the signs up in Times Square. You know, don't bring, this is a gun-free zone. So he's he's got a thing for signs. I got to tell you, so many people who are visitors here when I'm in that area say, wow, you must really have a lot of gun problems in the area. So you're trying to make people feel comfortable in being in Times Square. And they see these big signs, you know, with a gun and a cross through it. Don't bring guns here. So people stop me and they say, Curtis, you really have a lot of shootings here, a lot of guns. Maybe we should avoid the area. It has exactly the opposite effect because anybody who's a gunslinger illegally is not going to, oh, I can't bring my gun here. So a thug is going to continue to carry their gun. But a law-abiding person who can carry their gun is going to have to say, well, we can't go into Times Square today. I'm going to have to avoid this area. So now one less person in a restaurant, one less person going to the theater or, or 
It is complete nonsense. Complete nonsense. Now, let's look at this security company. We're going to have to do the deep dive eventually on Arrow Security. They have all the contracts. In almost every migrant shelter that I go to, it's Arrow Security, Arrow Security. And they say, well, wait a second. Why would you just have one security firm contracted? Why wouldn't you give it out to a few different security firms? And after maybe a month or two, you know, you say, oh, no, 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 Arrow's doing the best. Uh, We're going to work with them. Or there's so many security companies. And it turns out when you go to Floyd Bennett Field, you got to track this down, Nancy. They got shacks in the back. They got these trailers where the Arrow security guys actually live because they're not from New York City or surrounding areas where you would have to pay a prevailing wage. They brought them in from Seattle. Well, I mean, and again, clearly, like, this is a, an element of the budget that I think a lot of people aren't aware of, the security that goes along with, uh, you know, not only the humanitarian crisis centers, but everything, the shelters. So this um, element of private security having to be at all these, that accounts for the largest single line item so far to date in terms of spending for the migrants. So, for instance, overall, now this was done, um, reviewed by Brad Lander in September, about $5 billion to date spent, and $2.2 billion, 42% of it was based on just security alone. That's this, it. This is crazy. I will bet you, and let's do the deep dive, that Arrow Security getting most of the contracts, their friends of Eric Adams, they've contributed through, you know, multiple persons in the company, you know, where they bundled money or their family and friends have given money. Because this com- this company, in no way, shape, or form, should be the sole provider of the private security. And the other thing people need to know, they assign two uniformed police officers outside of every migrant shelter, big or small. <clears throat> the uniformed police officers of the NYPD are not permitted to go inside the shelter. Nope. A security. Uh, we, we, we're in charge. Nobody comes in here. Fire department? Nope. EMTs? Nope. You have to deal with Arrow Security at the who who dropped dead and left them in charge. Yeah, I mean, and at, so at, and at the same time, uh, the provisions for security, the governor had provided state troopers for this purpose. So there's no indication of what um, effect they're ha- having. How many there are at those places? If you're providing this, you know, the security through the state, then why are you doing well, these contracts? I'll tell well, you why they block everybody coming in. Yeah. They don't want people to see what's going on in the shelters, how out of control it is, how people have multiple electrical lines with too many plug-ins, you know, for their batteries, hot plates that they're not supposed to have. Everything that in jail you would seize if they had it. But obviously when you're an illegal alien... You don't have to abide by any rules. You can carry weapons. You can come and go as you please in and out of the shelter system. There is no curfew. They don't search you for drugs, for alcohol. You basically own the joint. It's like a gang. That's why I said there's no difference between now Rikers Island and Randall's Island, Rikers Island being the city jail and Randall's Island, because the inmates run the asylum. Again, the Venezuelans have their gangs who run these uh, shelters. The Haitians have their gangs, and the North Africans have their gangs, and it's just like out of West Side Stories.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Check this out. It's the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I like to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Uh, as we continue on with the theme from West Side Story. By the way, Justin Ellick, uh, these headphones here stink. It's either that or fee full fun. I smell the presence of Comrade Bill de Blasio. The part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who single-handedly destroyed the city that we live. I can't believe it. I got it on Big Marquise, Mrs. Sliwa. Welcome, Bill de Blasio. Oh, God, I feel soiled. I feel soiled like I got to take a hot shower. But anyway, let's go back to the uh, press conference that you had to unfortunately sit through because of all the nonsense being spewed by Team Adams. And Eric Adams yesterday at City Hall wanted us to all know that unlike what Curtis Lee says about him, he's the swagger man with no plan. And in fact, he actually has a plan for everything. We put plans in place. That's what we do. And you see the results of our plans. Crime is down because we had a plan. Jobs are up is because we had a plan. Tourism's are back because we had a plan. Um, we had a plan of dealing with the migrants and asylum seekers. And one of those plans, um, the part of the plan is to build a coalition. And you see the results of that plan, Chicago, Denver, the governor. Uh, so this is a an administration that puts in place plans to address the problems that's in front of us. Swagger man has no plan. Isn't it interesting? He stops at the governor of New York. He never mentions Joe Biden, who was his pal. He never mentions uh, the schmuck to putz Chuck E. Cheese Schumer who can find money where you didn't think there was money. He didn't mention Senator Gillibrand. He didn't mention Hakeem Jeffries, who was the minority leader of the House. He didn't mention the state legislature. He's up there today in Albany with a tin cup in his hand. Carl Hasty, the crooked speaker of the Assembly, and uh, Stuart Cousins, uh, the majority leader, also the veto-proof Senate. He didn't mention any of them because they haven't, they've given him belly button lids. Belly button lid. But he's got a plan, Mrs. Slee, a plan. Yeah, no, and, and everything that he mentioned is clearly doing stellar in New York City. By the way, one side note for our many listeners, I'm sure they're interested in the latest stats. Uh, how's he doing in the war against rats? Uh, has uh, the rat mitigation, uh, the need for it gone up or down? Um, well, no, there's, there's more rat complaints, um, and specifically in... East Harlem, the worst. Up 8% while he spent mega millions and he appointed a czarina 
of rat control, a woman of no consequence, hasn't been seen, but makes $150,000. Yeah, apparently telling people to put garbage in the garbage cans didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And taking garbage cans away now. That's what he's doing off the corners. And taking garbage cans out of the subway system is going to lead to less garbage? What a schmuck. What a putz putt. I see that we had a nerd show up at this press conference. First time I ever saw him. What is his position, uh, Nancy? Well, he's um, <clears throat> it's a VP of New York City Health and Hospitals. Uh, so uh, was this related to hospitals that he was talking about or maybe a new wave of COVID-19 or flu, you know, that generally hits us this time of year? Well, you know, this is interesting, right? So for some reason, it's like it's this is actually the agency that's tasked with the intake of migrants. So uh, between the you know humanitarian mega centers, they're actually tasked with um, intaking and. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Why would health and hospitals have anything to do with migrants? I don't I don't know. And actually, what's even more disturbing is that technically it's not a city agency. So that's the reason why they don't have the same level of controls over them. So the New York City's public hospital system, they're actually doling out. They're making decisions on the contracts in terms of. You know, what security teams do we want to hire? Who do we want to have for these migrants? So, so there's no transparency. No transparency. And, again, they're the single um, biggest line item so far of the migrant budget. So out of $5 billion that's been spent, 2.2 has gone to them, and they've doled it out to the security at these facilities, to the, the food service, you know, like to their intake. So they don't, they don't have to publish where they're spending the money because – even though it sounds like it's part of the city, right? Listen to it, right? Exactly. New York City Health mm-hmm. and Hospitals Corporation. It's a sort of, I guess you could call it a semi-private agency. Exactly. It's a, it's a semi-private agency. So for that reason, that's why the contracts, you're not going to see transparency. And irrespective of the fact, I mean, that they, you wouldn't even see transparency because it's this emergency situation. They don't have the same levels of control. Now, why you would give that responsibility to be allotting that much money over to an agency you don't directly control makes no sense. Well, that's because you don't have to account for any of the money spent. You say contract, I say kickbacks. Yeah, I mean, they already got um, one of their contracts that was approved in October for $324 million. That was double what they had said it was going to be a few months earlier, and that was just approved, sight unseen. That's kickback heaven. Uh, the, The Eric Adams administration, all they do is sign contracts and you have to give a guaranteed kickback to friends of Adams and to Eric Adams and all of his cronies. So let's hit, listen to this uh, nerdy guy who showed up for the very first time. Never heard of him. And he was talking about how, don't worry about it, nobody's going to be kicked out in the cold or the rain, even though they may only be able to stay in a shelter for 60 days if they're an illegal alien because he's on the job. I feel so much better. Listen to this nerd. I talk to them as they're leaving. Each one has their own story, and each one of those um, 60% is going to celebrate their birthday in their new apartment or in the safety and security of being with friends and family this year that they haven't had or they haven't been able to experience for years. Wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> oh, how does he know that? Because <laughs> he did... talks to every single one. Wait, wait a second. Can I? Yeah. Please, uh, wrong way, Lou uh, Rafino. You got to play that same cut again. We've we've allowed them to come here so they can celebrate a birthday and have an apartment of their own at our expense. 
I talk to them as they're leaving, each one has their own story, and each one of those um, 60% is going to celebrate their birthday in their new apartment or in the safety and security of being with friends and family this year that they haven't had or they haven't been able to experience for years. Oh, I feel so much better. Now I get it. Oh, maybe I'll become a supporter of this program, right? This guy's crazy. And listen to his voice. And then he says that he meets with each family four freaking times. So when I say we've had more than four meetings with each family with children um, that are going to be checking out tomorrow, it's not four meetings where we're sort of feeling out exactly what we should be talking about, things like that. It's four meetings drawing from everything that we've done successfully for the tens of thousands of people that, with our help, have been able to start a better life in our country. Four times. Do they do that for everybody? Now, can, can I just make a little comparison of this to the, the Out Migration Commission, which is now being set up as a possible uh, law, right? We're trying to figure out why people are leaving New York. At, at millions of dollars and they millions. want to spend in Albany to figure out why so many millions of people have left New York State. Yeah, but State. apparently they have this great protocol in the, the shelter system where they're meeting with them multiple times to help them figure everything out. Four times. And this guy is the executive vice president of the New York City Health and Hospitals Corporation. I thought his job was to take care of people who were in the hospitals who were in need of medical care. Yeah, he has. I don't see how he has any business at all overseeing contracts for security and migrant shelters. Uh, wrong way, Lou Rufino. I got to hear this nerd again explain that he actually meets four times with each family. Something they never do with our citizens. It's sort of like you've overstayed. You're no longer able to stay in the shelter. Uh, do you have a place to stay? No. Well, maybe we can help you, but pack your bags and get the hell out of here. So when I say we've had more than four meetings with each family with children um, that are going to be checking out tomorrow, it's not four meetings where we're sort of feeling out exactly what we should be talking about, things like that. It's four meetings drawing from everything that we've done successfully for the tens of thousands of people that, with our help, have been able to start a better life in our country. I want you to find out what this nerd makes. I really <laughs> want you to find out. Do a deep dive, Nancy, and find out what this nerd makes that his whole day is consumed not with providing hospital service for New Yorkers, but rather for having uh, family consultations with illegal aliens for them. Yeah, something tells me a lot more now that he has all these uh, city contracts. <laughs> oh, God. And then, all oh, the mouthpiece for the mayor, who actually was just a press secretary. He got promoted to a position that never, ever existed before. Deputy mayor of public information with a big salary increase. Fabian Levy, who wants us to know that Governor Murphy, half in the bag, Governor Murphy, who puts illegal aliens on the trains and says, go to New York, is a great partner to work with. Governor Phil Murphy has been a great partner, and he just issued a letter, if you look to your screen right here, demanding that the bus companies that are busing people to New Jersey and sending them then here to New York give them advance notice. So this has just been issued right now by the governor of New Jersey, so we're grateful to have his partnership. You don't have his partnership. He tells the New Jersey Transit Police, a state agency, as soon as they get off at Secaucus, escort them onto the train. It's a five-minute ride to Penn Station. And now they're paying cab fare, meaning the New Jersey Transit cops are paying cab fare to make sure they don't come back to Jersey to go to the Roosevelt Hotel. Oh, great partner, Murphy. 
what is wrong with these people? And then, of course, Corporation Council had to step in, afraid that Eric Adams might stick his foot right up his tuchus again. How evil (laughs) Abbott is, evil Governor Abbott in Texas. This is not the... um relative who's driving someone to a person to a home where someone can go in New York City. This is a political plan to target New York City and a few other cities. And it's in bad faith. What? A relative? You mean a coyote, right? The guy you call Uncle Jose, who's driving you up illegally across the border. She thinks that's better. And by the way, a political plan? What is the plan politically, Lisa Zornberg, Corporation Council for the City of New York, overpaid, overhyped to have all these illegals come in? So within 30 days of them being able to work, they can then qualify to vote for a municipal in a municipal election. And I know they ain't going to be voting Republican. That's the political plan. And the bus companies have demonstrated their full participation in that bad faith plan, including by not cooperating with an executive order that's simply for notification to be a management tool. And instead, instead of dropping in New York City on random streets in the dead of night, now they're pulling up at New Jersey transit stations in the dead of night without any notification and dropping people and giving them tickets to get on the train and arrive at New York City Penn Station. What an idiot. How about suing Joe Biden Corporation Council? Let's see. The New York Post suggested that editorially. Even Andrew Evilize Cuomo suggested you sue Joe Biden. But now you're going to sue the Texas bus companies, which will have no impact whatsoever. I, I really thank you very much for sitting through that over <laughs> hour and a half press conference of propaganda, Eric Adams' propaganda, who claims he's got a plan for everything, and he proved to us again he's the swagger man with no plan. It's the Riff and Read. Talking about... Featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Like the folks you meet on, like to plant my feet on the Brooklyn Bridge. What do I got to be? Joe Piscopo here, Sunday, 6 to 8, nationally syndicated, the Frank Sinatra show. wonder if anybody knows there were two guys who claimed to have jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge. One guy named Brody claimed he survived it. Another guy, poof, never found again. Riptide, undercurrent. But anyway, anyway, I think it was Steve Brody. Enough of the music. I'm listening this morning. Sid Rosenberg is interviewing from the New York City Police Department, Kaz Dautry, who uh, has uh, really cast doubt to me on his ability uh, to work in the highest echelons of the NYPD, who are always a dollar short and a day late dealing with these Hamas nutnakes who just run them ragged. So he's telling Sid how they blew it. Yesterday, when these Hamas nutniks showed up at City Hall and then went in four different directions to block the Brooklyn Bridge, Manhattan Bridge, the Williamsburg Bridge, and the Holland Tunnel. 
we had information that they were planning on going to the airports and trying to disrupt, uh, you know, commuters from, from uh, missing a flights or wanted to cause some sort of traffic congestion at the airport. And then they surprised us and uh, they, they hit the uh, three bridges in the tunnels. What do you mean surprised you? You have no intel. You have no undercover police that have joined any of these groups. I have two people who are involved with them. I know in advance what they're going to do. I announced it here on WABC, the most powerful radio station by day in the nation, the most powerful overnight. How is it I'm able to get two people to join these groups? It's easy. You don't have to fill out an application, CAS, and uh, one police plaza. And they give me all this intel in advance. I know where they're going, what they're going to do, what their plans are. And you guys know who got. You know, Bupkis. Do your freaking jobs. And by the way, the people who do know how to rein them in, the Port Authority Police of New York, New Jersey, they arrested 120 at the Holland Tunnel. They were all over them. They do it efficiently, proficiently, because they're not strapped by this court order that Eric Adams, Eric Adams agreed to, the so-called former cop that handcuffs the cops, doesn't let them even touch the demonstrators, and gave oogles of our tax dollars to Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Now. Let me tell you, a guy who didn't know how to take care of demonstrators trying to occupy Wall Street as they did in 2011, although Joe Esposito, who was chief of the NY, uh, the New York Police Department, under Michael Bloomberg, kept telling the mayor, "What are you let? Why are you letting them occupy Zuccotti Park? Oh, but the Trinity Church is private. No, no, we got to take them out of there. We got to take them out of there. And every day they would be touring the city, walking everywhere, breaking the rules." And then they announced they were going to shut down the Brooklyn Bridge. And Esposito says, enough is enough, Bloomberg. Stop this. We're going to arrest them all. They go over that bridge. They break the law. We arrest them. And Joe Esposito didn't play around. The number two guy in the police department, they arrested 768 of the Occupy Wall Street marauders in that October 1st crossing of the Brooklyn Bridge. The demonstrators say, oh, they're trying to lure us into a trap. What do you mean, trap? We lost Joe Esposito last night. He had had brain cancer, probably as a result of being down in the pit at 9-11, like so many others. It went into remission and then, unfortunately, came back and ravaged him. And I'm telling you, Justin Ellick, fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the stink of a bum in our facilities. With a promenade that says, welcome, uh, former Mayor Bill de Blasio. It was Bill de Blasio who fired Joe Esposito. Joe Esposito was the, the director of the Office of Emergency Management for de Blasio, who didn't know what to do. Esposito is on vacation. It's November 15th. There's seven inches of snow on the ground. That is not the job of the Office of Emergency Management. It's the job of the Sanitation Department to uh, remove it. But Bill de Blasio didn't want to blame his Sanitation Commissioner, Kathy Garcia, who knew nothing about snow removal or the Sanitation Department. She didn't even know what tertiary streets were. It was an embarrassment. Seven inches of snow paralyzed the city. And he decided he needed a fall guy, and that had to be Joe Esposito. So he had his deputy mayor, Anglin, Say, either resign or you're fired. And Joe Esposito said to her, listen, lady, I've been involved in government when you were born. 
You want me fired, you tell the mayor to fire me. And the mayor was vacationing with Bernie out the Cocker Sanders up in Vermont. It took the mayor a month of Sundays to fire one of the greatest civil servants of all time, Joe Esposito. And that Udi Scraziata is up here at WABC.